It's time to pull up. This is Adventures in Beer Selling with Kofi, your authority on all things beer and beer sales. So the best way to start this adventures in beer selling is to start from the beginning of my career in the beer industry. There are a lot of misconceptions of the beer industry. I know from my time in there being a salesperson and a manager, I used to absolutely hate it when people would walk up and say, oh, you've got the best job in the world. Let me guess, you just drink beer all day. Yeah, no, that's not what you do when you're in the beer industry. And I could see how people from the outside looking in have those misconceptions. Um, because I had those misconceptions. Whenever I um, jumped into it, working for a distributor, that was the first step into the beer industry. Because look at it from my perspective, I didn't uh, know at all what I was going to do when I graduated from college. I really picked my major because I was dating this girl who was older and she had majored in journalism. So since I helped her with some of her homework, I decided to major in journalism. I had no earthly idea what journalism meant or what it was about. I just did it to do it. And when I graduated with my degree, I had no idea where to go. Fortunately, I was at a barbecue and I met up with one of my fraternity brothers who had worked for this distributor. And I thought, just as I said before, Ooh, working for a beer company, that's amazing. I would love to do that, especially because of the roles that they had open and they they weren't studying me when I applied, but when I had his cosign, um, I had a good shot at getting one of those jobs. And it was like a promotional rep job. And it was for two different areas. So one of them was my area where I grew up, north side of Houston, which would have been perfect. I had knew all the bars. I knew the restaurants. I knew bar owners. I knew bar managers. It was perfect. And the other was Rice Village, which is a much more wealthier area. And if you don't know, this is the home of Rice University. Rice University is like uh, Stanford or uh, some people call it like the Ivy League of the South. So uh, a very well-regarded educational institution. Like this is what you would call an educational institution. I went to a college, a party school. A lot of really smart people come out of Rice. And the position was the promotional rep position. So it was 
basically like grunt work, hanging pennant flags, hanging neons, doing promotions and on-premise accounts, passing out samples, uh, taking the top bar owners and bar managers to lunch to sell in items. But one really awesome element of that was hand selling. So when I got the job, this was what I was lined out with. And hand selling is, so take whatever, like you can think of crappy malt beverage with, you know, 15 flavors that uh, was hot for like six months and then went on to the next thing. This is usually what you're hand selling. You're not hand selling like a flagship brand or like a really cool craft beer. You're you're hand selling something that uh, they they kind of need to get rid of or something really new. And we were really targeting this age group of you know twenty one to thirty five because this young age group make their big alcohol decisions in this time frame. So you have, you know, these 21 year olds that they don't want to drink their their dad's favorite beer. So we come up with this, you know, sugar rush, fruity drink that's probably like unsafe to get you hooked on so that this becomes your drink of choice. Um, No hate on all distributors and organizations that push their products, but. This is the case, right? Back then. This is the early 2000s. So my job was to hand sell these products into accounts. And this was a good way to make money because they would give you so many cents or so many dollars on each case that you hand sold. And so let me tell you what hand selling is. So hand selling is they load your vehicle up with 10 cases of said fruity crazy product and you take it to... 10 or so, however many accounts and you sell a case, right? And if you can sell it into a big account, you promote it later on. So I had this really cool club. I won't name it. It's not around anymore, but, you know, I don't want to um give anybody any PTSD from this place. But there was this really cool club in the heart of Rice Village. And again, this is Rice Village, so... No offense to the Rice Village people. Please don't come for me. Please don't come for me, Rice University students. I can't afford to fight you. But, I mean, this is like, these these are like nerds, right? Like, these are, they're like, you know, it's not really my kind of folk. At least I thought that way, right? Remember I told you assumptions. It's my assumptions with these people don't, they don't get down like I get down. And they don't get down like I get down, but they're still fun. So I wanted to hand sell this product into this bar or this club. And I was having a hard time doing it. When you go in, you try to sell it in. And it's this young lady that runs the club. And I'm like, I got this new product, product X. I've got the strawberry and the grape. It's really good. These young people are going to go crazy when you have it. And she's like, ah, it doesn't really fit our club. Da, 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 da. 
and she shuts me down every time I try to sell it. So the doorman, he pulls me to the side and he says, hey, come tonight. She'll be in the zone. You can sell it. And club nights for colleges for rice. I don't remember exact night, but let's just say it was Thursday. It was something like a Thursday night. Right. He's like, come tonight right before the club gets really big and then hand sell this product. uh, she'll, She'll buy it. She'll be in the zone. I don't even know what that means. Right. But I'm like, cool. And so I called my boys because this point in my life, I don't do anything without my crew. So I call my boys and I say, hey, y'all come tonight. I'm going to be promoting this product. We're going to have a good time. We're going to party with these nerds and we're going to drink and have a great time. So my boys come up. We go. We head up to the club. I see them. The door guy, the guy that told me to come that night. She's got her head in his lap. So I'm like, okay, what's going on here? So I roll up, I pull out a few cases of the product and I walk up and I'm like, yo, and she pops her head up. She was doing a line in his lap, y'all. Like she was doing a line of cocaine, but to each their own, right? But it also, when looking at her face, she was, she was out of there. She was in outer space. So putting on my salesman hat, I was like, yo. You you told me that you were going to buy these cases. I got them here. What's up? Like, I got to hurry up. I got to get them on ice. Da, da, da. Just kind of rushing her. And she's just like so in the zone. She's like, yeah, 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 whatever. I was like, here's the invoice. I need you to sign. I need you to pay me. Come on, give me the money. I'm just rushing her. Because she's coked out of her mind. She's just, oh, she doesn't know. She's going to buy it, whatever. So she buys it. I take the cases in there. I put half of them on ice. And she's like, put the rest of the cases in the cabinet on the back wall. No problem. I tell my boys, y'all go to the bar. I'm happy. I make my way to the back bar. I open up the cabinet. She had half of Bolivia in that cabinet. I'm not saying that I've never been around cocaine because I have. But I have never seen that much cocaine in my entire life in one place at one time. I got nervous. As a black man, I'm looking around for the feds, for the DEA, for me to go down for something that I didn't do. I'm freaking out. I'm sweating. So I put my stuff in the cabinet. I gently close the cabinet. I look around for DEA agents. Nobody comes. And then I make my way to the bar. I tell my boy Mike, yo, it's uh it's some stuff in that cabinet. He's like, some stuff? Like what? Like other beer? I was like, no. Like, yayo. He's like, what? Like, like cocaine. And I don't know what it is about young men. And the invincibility that we feel. But the first thing that came to his mind was, we are going to steal this cocaine. We're going to steal it all. And I'm like, no, we're not. And he's like, yes. He's like, look at this place. Nobody in here can stop us. These are nerds, man. We're going to steal the cocaine. And I'm like, and and do and do what? Become the Nino Brown of Upper Kirby? No. 
But he's like, yo, we, we got to steal this cocaine. So we're drinking. We're taking shots. We're building up our courage. Or at least he is to steal the cocaine. And he goes back to the cabinet. And he opens the cabinet slowly. Now, keep in mind, our conversation, max 20, 30 minutes. When he opens the cabinet, all the cocaine is gone. He comes back and sits down. He's like, the cocaine is gone. There's no cocaine in there. I'm like, yes, there's cocaine. He's like, no, it's not there. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in a situation where the mood and the environment is changing around you and you can feel it. Like if you've ever gone outside to put the trash out and you see like six or seven raccoons and they all stop and they all look at you and you're like, I'm in a dangerous situation. Anything could happen and you can feel it. You can feel that you really at a disadvantage. We're sitting at the bar and I'm looking around and everybody in the bar, it's like those raccoons, they're all like standing still for like a second. And I'm like, it's about to go bananas in here. Because they have snorted all of that coke. Literally in 20, 30 minutes. And literally, again, in 20, 30 minutes, Everybody in this damn place was fighting. Now, these are rice kids. So we're talking about some of the soft, softest, but most precise punches you've ever seen in your life. I mean, just picture hundreds of, you know, Stuarts and Miles just throwing fists and punches at each other. And people were still dancing. Like the people that weren't fighting, they didn't recognize that other people were fighting and they're dancing, they're bouncing off the walls. And me and my friend are just sitting there, the only people apparently not on Coke, just drinking this disgusting fruity beverage, probably giving ourselves diabetes. And we're like, we've got to get out of here. And it was just crazy. I start passing out the fruity beverage. I'm like, well, if you're coked out, you can have some of this. Take some of this. This will help the Coke. And then just going crazy. And that was my entry into the beer business. That was literally like my second week. And my third week, I showed back up to that place with minimum six, seven more flavors just to start it all over again.